Yeah, yeah. You know what time it is. It's 1046 a.m. on the East Coast. I'm Guy Adami, joined as always by my dear friend Dan Nathan. Hopefully you know us from CNBC's Fast Money. Today's episode is brought to you by Open Exchange. Dan, they manage virtual meetings that matter for the top companies around the world. Dan. You know what meeting matters right now at 1046 is this one, Guy. Let's get into it, man. We got a lot to talk about. We are. We're going to do three research calls in 14 minutes. We're going to break it down. Give me the first call today, Dan Nathan. Please help me. Give well, me the first call. You know, a couple a couple nights ago on Fast Money, we had Mike Wilson, who is a brilliant strategist for Morgan Stanley. Um, he, you know, he made a call. It was kind of a bearish call. Mike made a couple really good bearish calls last year. He made a great bullish call. You know, at at one point in the spring, I thought it was a little early back then. His call this week is pretty interesting. He thinks there's going to be a 10%, maybe even as much as a 20% correction over um, the next few months here. It's really about the pent-up demand, the argument for this um, really huge bounce that we're already seeing the GDP annualized um, in Q1 at 6.4%, a little below the 6.7% that some economists were expecting. But his bottom line here is this. We continue to recommend a shift up the quality curve, be more skeptical and work from home beneficiaries that probably won't be able to meet lofty growth expectations against difficult comparisons. That's a bit of a micro call. It's a bit of a sector call here. Let's talk about the macro though quickly, Guy, because we have an SPX, an S&P 500 chart. It's a two-year chart. And Leslie used to say, slide it, Earl, which you did already, by the way, for you match game. For Gene Rayburn was just a genius. <laughs> I mentioned that a number of times. Listen, Mike Wilson is a great strategist. He does very thoughtful work, but Again, you know, you layer him on top of what Savita Submaranian said from Bank of America a few weeks ago and what Tony Dwyer has written about and said on Fast Money the other night that he, too, is expecting this, you know, significant pullback. It's a, These are, I believe, tactical calls by all three of them. And you know what? You can be tactical in this market. And we're going to talk about Apple in a second and its price action. But, you know, below the surface, if you look, Dan, some of these high-flying names, some of these steadfast mega-complex names, have been remarkable, but below the surface, there's some stocks that are telling a much different story. I look at this chart, this is the S&P, I look at the trend line that you drew, and I say to myself, you know, we haven't meaningfully tested the 200-day moving average, which right now comes in around 36.50, basically since June. I mean, we're going on almost a year, and here we are some 13% or so above it. Everything sort of lines up for exactly what Mike Savita and Tony Dwyer are talking about. Yeah, I look at this chart and I say that move over the last month and a half has been parabolic. And you just mentioned the term taking a look under the hood here. You know, the sure. expectations of these mega cap names, this F MAGA complex, the Facebook, the Microsoft, the Apple, the Google, and the Amazon were all really high and they all put up some really big numbers. I expect this to kind of come in a little bit. Maybe it's, I'm going to get you triggered right here. Maybe it's sell in May and go away a don't little bit. Don't do that. Please don't do that. I'm begging you not to do all that. All right. Well, oh. I just did it. So I think you probably see a move back over the next couple of months. I'm with Mike back towards 3,800 in the S&P. But your point about looking under the hood and some of those growth names, and this is the crux of Mike's call, is really that pull forward versus the pent up demand. And if I look at these three charts, 
Netflix in particular reported right. last week. You see that big gap. It gapped below its 200-day moving average. It looks like it cannot get out of its own way. It has been range-bound for nine months. I'm going to slide it all over to Spotify. Look at you. Look this at you. This thing got nailed. Okay, so these two in the consumer space, expectations were too high. They pulled forward a lot of demand. Growth wasn't um, as good as expected, and now they face, like Mike said, difficult comparisons all down in the year these stocks okay and down considerably from their all-time highs the last one this was the poster child this is zoom right for that work from home thing this thing is flatlining right above 300 they don't report i don't think for at least a week or two um that thing if they disappoint and that guidance is not great that's going to be a 250 dollars stock in the not so distant future here so those are three of the names i think highlighting that that kind of um that i i, I guess that shift that he wants to yeah go listen i agree with you and I think he makes a great call. And listen, Spotify thing is Spotify specific, but it also does play into what you're talking about. By the way, I don't think some of the stuff going on with Joe Rogan has been particularly helpful either. And in terms of Zoom, and I know you know this, I think this is accurate. Please at me if I'm wrong. Um, but I think Satya Nadella's comp package has now been linked to the success of Teams. Why do I bring up Teams, Dan? Because obviously that's a competitor for Zoom. And if Microsoft is in your crosshairs. Like if yep. you now falling victim or falling prey or in, you know, in their purview, you know, in their line of sight, you got problems. So I'm with Dan on this one. Zoom, you got to get it back above the 200 day, which I think comes in around 380 or so. Doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. But you know what? You have to look under the hood and don't be one of these guys or gals that when a car's pulled over on the side of the road, you say, open the hood and look around. And you know and I know, you have no idea what you're looking at. It just makes you feel cool. Anyway, Dan, I thought I'd just throw that in. Yeah, so here, let's let's do a call here, the second one. Um, Goldman Can Sachs released their, their sell rating. Their sell rating off yeah. of Apple. We know that Apple has gained $1 trillion in market cap from its March 2020 lows here, guys. So listen, you know, I give them some credit. It's kind of interesting because um, I saw this tweeted out this morning. Henry Blodgett of The Insider, The Business Insider, a famed um, internet bubble analyst from mm -hmm. 2000 had a comment. He said, listen, at least the guy's facing the music, admitting that he's wrong. Um, you know, that quarter was out of control, yet the stock is unchanged here. Um, what do you make of this situation here with Apple? I think there was a lot of optimism between Apple and Amazon starting to rally over the last few weeks. We know that Microsoft was at all-time highs. Facebook was at all-time highs. And Alphabet was at all-time highs. But the market really, I think the S&P in particular, Really got a lot of outperformance out of those names in the last few yeah, years. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people coming at this analyst, yeah, it's which is uncool. I mean, you know, you know why they're coming at them because oh, it's so obvious. How can you have a sell yeah. rating on Apple? <laughs> you got You can't trade Apple. You got to own it. I, I mean, I get all the hyperbole that that surrounds the stock, and I understand that if you say something even remotely negative, you become a mm -hmm. pariah. So, have a sell rating on this stock has got to be difficult. But you know what? I admire the work that these people do, and you're going to be wrong. I'm wrong all the time, and having to say you're wrong in such a public way is very difficult. I'll say this, and I said it on Fast Money last night, the stock should have been higher off that earnings release. It should have been testing okay. that 145.09 level, the all-time high, the previous all-time high we made back on January 26th. It didn't do it. And as we do this now at 10.52 or so, we find Apple up marginally on the day. That's going to be a bit of a tell. If this stock can't make a new all-time high on a tape that's been exploding to the upside over the course of the last four months, on the back of that earnings release, something is wrong. I'll just mention this real quick, Dan, because it's worth mentioning. 
On top of the Goldman Sachs call, Cowan raised their price target to 180 from 153. Deutsche Bank raised their price target to 165. Jefferies raised their price target to 175 from 160. And Piper Sandler left it alone at 160. I think the average price target amongst the analyst community for this name is 157.58. But today's going to be a tell, not only for Apple, in my opinion, Dan, but for the broader market. Yeah, the Apple situation, obviously the largest market cap company in the world. Investors, I think they were excited about $90 billion in new buybacks. It's pretty astounding. Since Tim Cook took over in 2011, they instituted this cash return. They have bought back over $400 billion worth of stock. Since then, they've paid dividends of over, I think, $110 billion. They just did, you know, added a, another nearly $100 billion to that authorization. Pretty astounding. And you look at this chart here, guy, this is like a one year since the start of January 2020. And you talk about those price targets and you talk about the inability to rally off of those results. I wonder if it was too good of a report. Like if you think about how much did they just pull forward in this quarter that a lot of their competitors had a difficult time. I know Tim Cook secured some chips. There's a lot of chip shortage issues going on here. So they executed very well and they had the tailwind of some of these new products that were launched in Q4 of last year. But I look at this chart and I say, okay, that's September 2nd high. Um, and then that January high, what was that there? Like 143 or something? 145.09, but that's off the top of my head. <laughs> Okay, so we have a pretty well-defined technical resistance level here. The valuation looks a little steep. It did find some support at that 200-day moving average down there near 122 yes, or so. Maybe that's where you look to reload if you're one of those own it, not trade it, guy, Dami. Yeah, no, that's fair. And, and maybe that's where you do reload or load if you haven't been in the name before. Right. I totally get it. But I think it's worth mentioning this. Everybody talks about their move towards uh, you know, their product mix, right? They're getting to 19% to of their revenue now is service revenue, yeah. which is good, but it's held steady at 19% for a while and they're getting a valuation. What I find fascinating is now that Apple, you know, to me is now a value company, just in my opinion, it's trading at a growth multiple. And when it yeah. was a growth company, it traded at a value multiple. And even if you give them $6 a share or so in earnings, you're still talking about a company that's trading north of where the S&P 500 is trading, close to 24 times. Anyway, I'll just throw it out there. Apple, to me, is a great tell as to what's going to happen in the broader market over the next couple of weeks. So be laser focused on this. We got to move to our next call. We're running out of time. What's the next one? Help, help me, Dan. All right, it's Verizon. It's from Moffitt Nathanson. It's a downgrade. Right, stop for a second right there. Okay, for you fans at home, in 19, <laughs> what won Dan Best Picture 1975? If you don't know, just say I don't know. Don't try to figure it out. Sophie's Choice. No. <laughs> Jaws won Best Picture in 1975. Why do I mention Jaws, Dan? That's a great point by you. If you recall the great scene when they're in the boat talking about their battle wounds and scars, yeah. right? Uh, if you remember, do you remember the scene where um, he opens up his shirt and then they say, what's that? And they say, you're wearing a sweater. And he's like, Richard Dreyfuss says, ah, no, because he has a hairy chest. He goes, he goes, Mary, Mary Ellen Moffat, she broke my heart. So every time I hear a call uh, from Moffat Nathanson, all of that, I think that's, of Jaws. That's yeah, the well, payoff sorry. there? I'm that's sorry, the people. Mary Ellen Moffat, gonna, she broke my heart. Sorry. This go. is going to have to go into overtime now, just so you know. I hope our friends at Open Exchange don't mind there. I'm sure there's some very important virtual meetings that are going to start at 11, but we're going to have well, to take go. a couple. Hurry all up. right. So they downgraded the stock here. They're saying that the results from AT&T suggest a period of greater competitive intensity 
intensity promotional stance by AT&T puts pressure on Verizon and T-Mobile. Um, and so they're cutting prices. Okay, so here's the deal. When I th think about this, I think we have a tale of three telco charts here, guy. Okay, look let's you. look at this Verizon one. Um, you know, this thing has been kind of stuck in a moment that it can't get out of. I don't know if you know what that lyric is from. That was uh, it's all probably that you can't. Yeah, it's what's that guy Bieber, right? Or no? No, Bono. All that you can't Bono, leave right? All right. So we're looking at this thing here. It's really been range bound over the last, you know, year, year and a half or so. Um, let's go to that AT and T chart though. This thing has just been a disaster, but it's kind of breaking out a little bit. And what I find interesting about the Verizon and the AT and T that we know that they had different stances that it took towards media assets. We know that um, Verizon bought AOL, they bought Yahoo, they called it Oath. They were going to go for this digital ad play here and now there's been rumors that they may sell those digital assets to um PE. So I wonder how that affects Moffitt Nathanson. Um, you know, in, in any way, it just means that there's going to be greater pricing pressure, but they're going to take in maybe five, six um, billion dollars. We know that AT&T with that Warner acquisition, they've gone all in on media. But guy, the last chart, T-Mobile, I want you to speak to it. You love yeah. this. You've been unwavering yeah. in your T-Mobile. I'll speak to this. Forget about this. You go back five years and we've been talking about T-Mobile. Yeah. When everybody laughed about T-Mobile and John Ledger <laughs> saying the guy was just nuts. You know, we would come on Fast Money and say, no, the guy's a visionary. And oh, by the way, you know, you mentioned Verizon and AT&T. Boring. You look at this. They've done nothing. And by the way, Moffitt Nathanson, on all seriousness, is the axe in this space. So I admire this call. And, and Verizon did report on April 22nd. The place to be, you know, if you want to play the tale of three cities, Dickens reference, I caught that. You're trying to figure out who Monsieur Defarge and Madame Defarge is in this game. And I will tell you, the winner is neither of the Defarges. It's T-Mobile. So um, I love this Verizon call. I think, I think AT&T has been sideways to lower now for the last five years as well. Uh, but T-Mobile, T-M-U-S, now under yeah. the leadership of Mike Siebert. That's the one that gets you done, Dan Nathan. Yeah, that's I'll just the say one this. that gets you done. You know, listen, that is the pure play on uh, on wireless. You know, play for a breakout there. I'd also say that AT and T maybe they get a revaluation on some of those media uh -oh. assets, and uh -oh. you see that uh -oh. thing uh -oh. breaking out. Dan, you know what? We got to go extra innings here. We got to go. We're in bonus time, man. We are. We're through eleven a.m. and now we're in the extra time. What do you want to talk about now as we go into? Open exchanges time north of 11 a.m. Are we sudden death, guy? That's the only the, the only question I have for you right now. Well, like, apparently we are. So All right, well, let's talk about this one. Bonus puntos, as Michael K. say. Yo, I think on probably about? our first episode of at 1046, we talked about FedEx. We talked about the move there. And I think you said you liked UPS here, guy, yeah, despite I the did. fact that it had been in this long base. And I think your prom date used to say this to you back in the day, something about like charts, the longer the base, the higher in space. What was her name? That's Louise Yamada, who, by the yeah. way, does extraordinarily thoughtful yeah. work. And I did. And what one of the things I said was, we've seen this type of chart formation before where the stock trades sideways for months seemingly on end, goes nowhere, and then you have a breakout. If you look at this chart, it happened once before, and it's happening now. Yep. The reason why people didn't like UPS, they thought on, on valuation it was too expensive, and obviously they were losing the war to Federal Express, who, by the way, has seemingly figured it out over the last two quarters. My point was, you know what? I also think they're going to be a better operator. Stocks traded sideways, about to break out, and here we are. Now, this breakout is probably overdone to the upside, and you'll probably have to take some profits at some point. But it was a remarkable quarter by UPS. And oh, by the way, Dan, 
I did work at UPS and I was voted the one day I worked there, one day I was voted employee of the month. Think about that. In one day, I was employee of the month. Remarkable. I think I think the voters were starstruck. They must have been. Um, listen, here, here I go for an extra innings walk off because we're going to take this one out here, guy. Um, SPX, the S&P 500. We started this little program today on that. It just seems if you can't get, we have Amazon tonight. Let's say Amazon puts up a big quarter and that thing gaps up, but then kind of comes in. We saw that with Apple. We saw Microsoft down about five or so percent since they reported earnings. You know, uh, Alphabet's trading okay. If those names can't rally here, do we get that S&P move back below 4,000, possibly 3,800, the March low? That, Dan, that is what I am laser focused on. I'll tell you, if Apple closes negative today, yeah. if 10-year yields start to go north of 165, which, by the way, I think they will, I think it's like, as I said the other day, Katie, I don't know who Katie is, but you better bar the door because it could get ugly. But, Dan, you know what this has been? And I, listen, I'm digging this stuff. You And if you're digging this stuff, put your email in. Sign up for us, right, Dan? And if you want to send us questions you don't like what you're hearing, you sort of like what you're hearing. You can add us anywhere you want. You can add us at 1046. You can add Dan Nathan. You add Guy Adami. I don't care. But this has been 1046. It's powered by Open Exchange. And Dan, I'm telling you something. If there's a financial meeting, virtual meeting that matters, you know who's powering that sucker? Open Exchange. You got that right. I'll see you next week. See you next week.